Yes, I knew Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely. I'll never forget it. Welcome to Adventist Voices, Spectrum's podcast. I'm Alexander Carpenter, and I'm honored to be joined by Bonnie Dwyer once again. Hey, Bonnie. Hi, Alex. Good to see you. Yes, it's good to see you again. And it wasn't that long ago that you and I were hanging out in Texas at the Adventist Society for Religious Studies meetings, which are part of the American Academy of Religion. And in addition to that, we were there for the Society of Adventist Philosophers. So you and I have been sitting around listening to some really great ideas, and today we're going to be talking about that experience with all of you. So thanks for being a part of this. And what's your takeaway, Bonnie, from the uh, almost five days of meetings that uh, we were involved in there? The meetings were really good this year, Alex. The uh, ASRS meeting theme was World Disrupted, World Revealed, Ecology and and Theology in an Age of Pandemic. So um, we talked COVID, we talked ecology, uh, we talked AI, and just all kinds of really pertinent issues that make a difference to us on an everyday basis. And I really appreciated the um, up-to-date discussion of all these various topics. So you mentioned that the focus was on ecology and, uh, you know, there was conversation of climate change, you know, COPE 26 happened recently. Adventists have been wanting to at least Adventist scholars and environmentalists and those who care about the planet have been wanting to have um, a richer conversation about care for creation and not just creationism. And this was an opportunity for um, a wide variety of scholars to come together and and present these ideas. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, What did you think? I did too. I, I, um, I love the diversity in the topic. I mean, um, ecology, you might think, just leads you down the path to talking about trees. And uh, we certainly got into a whole lot more than just that. And there were discussions of chemistry. There were discussions of public health and uh, discussions, uh, like I said, of AI. It it just was very rich and well done. So um, let's talk about a couple of papers that stood out to you. Uh, Which ones um, are you still thinking about? The AI Uh, paper in particular by Jeff Gang, I thought uh, was very thought-provoking because he was talking about what algorithms are doing to us and uh, the near future of what algorithms are doing to us, not just in our everyday lives, but what they have the potential to do 
in terms of even biology so that we are creating uh, a very unequal society with the use of AI and uh, probably the most unequal society in history. And it means that uh, there, we're in the process of creating a whole class of people who um, are underlings. And um, it, his antidote to that was Christ and the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, because to Jesus, there are no useless human beings. Everyone has a place. Uh, and so the discussion of kingdom ethics and the value of uh, human beings and the role of humility uh, in that whole setup uh, was, I thought, very thought-provoking and, and well done. So I, I like that one a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's so important for Adventists to really think critically about technology and about our, the future of artificial intelligence. And right now, it seems um, that the uh, general conference is really focused on this idea of digital evangelism. And his, his point, and I picked up a couple of comments as well, that that I thought were really um, worth considering is that, you know, uh, jumping into using social media for evangelism may sound great, but in fact, we're really putting the Adventist church at the mercy of these algorithms and they are constructed um, by um, these companies to provide them to forward their goals, which are profit, uh, number one, um, and, you know, some sort of social impact and, and some other things uh, as a corollary. But the idea that Adventists are suddenly going to put things on Facebook or jump into the world of social media, create their own apps, and everyone will be converted is probably a little Pollyanna-ish, and there are some downsides to consider when we're talking about the um, a kind of algorithmic digital future. I'm not sure that um, a uh, uh, evangelism sermon um, preached online is going to reach as many people as some folks think. Well, it may reach a lot of people and it may provide some initial connection, but uh, Carla Gober, I thought was particularly effective in her piece. And she used four different um, topics to discuss the uh, concept of connection and uh, starting with chemistry and, and the significance of connections within chemistry. But in, uh, and she also looked at the Trinity and the, um, the relationship of the members of the Trinity to each other uh, as being significant. And then when she was talking about social media, she was saying that 
initially, it looks like and seems like we are making a lot of connections, and yet people feel very isolated and lonely and don't know how to connect on a personal basis. And so, um, the it it has social media has some you know, upsides, but it has some real downsides and um, how we connect on a personal basis with people is so important uh, for Christianity and uh, for the, for the church, Uh, you know, um, loving people is more than liking them on Facebook. Yeah. Wow. Great line there. (laughs) So, um, you mentioned Jeff Gang and Carla Gober, two great scholars there at Loma Linda University. Who else um, presented a paper that you're still thinking about? Well, Stigney Tonstad always is extraordinarily creative and, and has uh, really interesting things to say. And his connection of he he started out with a description of COVID and and uh, talked about zoonotic viruses and and all of that and uh, was tying first COVID to ecology and then to hermeneutics and and that was quite the jump to go from ecology to hermeneutics uh, but he did so very effectively. And in the process was asking questions about some of our core ideas and whether we have uh, used them to full effect and if we could be using them better. Uh, State of the dead, he said, you know, is our position on state of the dead is a really interesting one. But he said, what about the state of the living? Uh, And recognizing what our understanding of a a unified person and no division between the body and the soul and what that means to the living and uh, where are we going with that. And the Sabbath, uh, we've talked about it in a number of different ways, but we haven't realized the ecological side of it and used that to talk to the world in the way that uh, the world might be willing to listen to at this point in time. And so his paper uh, was also really uh, a rich one. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I, as a medical doctor and someone with a PhD in religious, um, well, in theology, uh, he really helped to connect the scientific and the theological. And um, he was paired with Roy Benton, who is a philosopher, the president of the Society of Adventist Philosophers, who gave a paper at the Adventist Society for Religious Studies talking about, well, Aristotle and animals and searching for a non-anthropocentric way of thinking about uh, the human relationship to animals. What did you think of his presentation? He was good. I, I enjoyed his. And, and uh, I also liked uh, Melissa Broughton from uh, La Sierra, 
who uh, also was um, talking about the animals and, and all of that. So, and that was, uh, it was an interesting convention because most of the papers were presented in person, but Melissa, for instance, was on Zoom. And, and so it was uh, a hybrid uh, conference. You know, I thought she did a great job. Uh, from what I gathered, I understand she teaches English at La Sierra University and her um, facility with uh, Jewish Old Testament law mm -hmm. and culture was outstanding. And she made a really convincing case for really thinking about the ways that those Levitical laws kind of parallel our current understanding of the way that you have to socially distant, you have to it, cover your face if you're sick, um, or you might want to cover your face if you're around sick people. Uh, I thought that was really enlightening. And she even used a kind of um, old Adventist picture of a leper with what looked like a face mask on, which I had never noticed before when I was looking through the old picture books as a kid. So I thought her presentation really helped me to appreciate what the um, Israelites were trying to do there in the ancient Near East as they were trying to form a community and stay healthy. Right. So, you know, the, the kind of climax of that um, uh, session was the talk by Philip Jenkins, who has a new book out that focuses on the relationship between climate changes and religious movements. And we reviewed that book, uh, well, we discussed that book um, with a Friday Forum book club on uh, the Spectrum website a few months ago. And it was great to hear him, he's such an erudite scholar, roll through almost a thousand years of religious <laughs> history. I won't go through all those details, but it's a pretty convincing case that when people are experiencing major shifts in the weather, things get colder, things get hotter, that has a connection, especially if you're an, in an agrarian uh, context, to your relationship to survival. And whenever people feel like their survival is threatened, uh, he shows that conspiracy theories and scapegoating abounds. And one of the things that I took away from his talk, he really focused on the area 23 degrees north and 23 degrees south of the equator, where um, the impacts of climate change are apparently going to be felt the most, um, at least in a drastic way. And that's where the majority of the world's population lives. And that's also where you have um, a, uh, uh, a lot of Adventists. And he really directed his comments at the end to Adventists and, and said, you have an opportunity here to really use your influence with 
you know, 20 million plus people around the world to perhaps help them not fear other people as they start to um, suffer the impacts of climate and um, really gave uh, Adventists uh, a call, uh, an op- uh, uh, a recognition that we, ha- we are part of a global community and that our ideas can be used for good. And um, I know you read the book and you uh, played around with those ideas. And sort of generally, as, as you reflect back on the ecological focus of ASRS, what's your feeling as you're leaving? Are Adventists prepared for these ideas? Or do you think that we should be thinking more about uh, artificial intelligence, algorithms, climate change, and and should that be the focus of like a Sabbath school quarterly, or at least uh, <laughs> on a cha- uh, maybe a, a breakout discussion group in a local church? Sure, couldn't hurt. I I came away thinking about the significance of community. You know, I think the um, answer to the isolation of social media, the answer to people facing disease and and all of that in uh, extreme circumstances is the importance of community to come together and um, love each other, take care of each other, and, and love the community around them. Uh, that will so desperately need them. Uh, So that was my takeaway, that that community becomes all the more important. And in-person community, uh, you know, whatever happens with technology, that's wonderful. And, and, you know, I enjoy uh, things on social media as much as anyone else. Zoom Sabbath schools and and all of that uh, have their charm, uh, but we can't let go of the significance of the local in-person community. And I think, um, you know, that's where God calls us. Absolutely. Um I've got a last question for you, and uh, it'll be predicated on this, which is that I want folks who haven't been to the American Academy of Religion meetings before to understand that when you arrive there, you've got scholars from around the country. Uh, This is where, you know, you can be walking down a hallway and Cornell West will be walking (laughs) right next to you. Um, And, you know, many of the books that we reviewed this last year on Spectrum are on display there at at the various book publishers sites and the authors are, um, you know, just a hello away. Sometimes it's sort of shocking to see uh, someone's badge and realize, oh my goodness, you know, I read your book and and they're right there in front of you. Um, But Adventists show up there and Adventists, um, the Adventist Society for Religious Studies meetings happen on Friday. And then um, we have Sabbath school and church on Sabbath. 
And that shows up in the actual booklet. And I think it's important for folks to recognize that Adventist scholarship is part of the American Academy of Religion. And every once in a while, um, there are Adventist scholars who are presenting in their kind of discipline-specific um, uh, uh, breakout cool. groups as well. And, you know, you've been going to these for a while, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on how, you know, the role that these meetings play in your life as an editor and as in your life as an Adventist? Um, the Adventist showing up in the um, program booklet, which is the size of a phone book. I mean, it's a huge um, listing of all of these various meetings that take place over several days. And it the American Academy of Religion is joined by the Society of Biblical Literature. So in pre-COVID, there were times when there are 10 or 12,000 people there. The woman from AAR told me that they were expecting 5,000 this time. So uh, the number of people and the varieties of religion experience that are being discussed really run the A to Z gamut because you even have sessions on atheism and they go to Zoroastrianism or <laughs> you know whatever. I, it, it's um, you name the religious tradition and it is there. Uh, so it's very appropriate for Avenus to be there. It took a little bit of work on the part of the Adventist Society for Religious Studies to qualify to be listed, uh, and I'm, I'm very glad that they did the work uh, so that they could be listed, and, and it is one of the most amazing religious book displays that you could ever imagine, because the book thing is publishers of of. <laughs> all university um, book publishers, but Zondervan and and Baker and uh, InterVarsity and and all these huge presses are also there. So it it's a very rich experience and has really been a blessing to me. I've I've appreciated um, hearing Cornell West uh, at one point in time, hearing Derrida. Uh, at one point in time, and uh, quite a number of other religious figures. So it, it's, um, it's a very exciting week, and um, this one was as well. I, this time, my, um, the thing that I got a uh, big kick out of was one morning I was having breakfast, and I was by myself, so I was sitting at um, the counter in this deli, and this man sat down, was seated next to me, and, and we started talking, and he was from South Africa, and so um, I, I had fun discussing with him his take on all these meetings, because here was somebody who had come from South Africa to uh, visit all of this phenomena, so... 
it's it's quite fun, quite exciting. Well, it was great um, both experiencing it with you and also talking about it. And uh, thank you so much for really showing up at ASRS meetings over the decades and giving Adventists an opportunity through your editorship to read what these important scholars are writing and to promulgate the ideas that they're uh, working out. Um, it's really the link that we need between the scholar and the public. It was great experiencing it with you and it was great talking about it with you. Thanks once again for joining the Adventist Voices podcast. Always a pleasure. Yes, I knew Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move when the 